folks, welcome back to another episode of Falling Out. If you've been paying attention to recent episodes, we have been diving into the grift and the corruption, and a lot of that has been centered around a particular vanity project in Korea. For today, we turn to another vanity project, over 40 years old at this point, and I'm delighted to say that for this episode, we have special guests. This is a crossover episode with Jane Austen Culture Night. As you will hear, Jane Austen Culture Night is a podcast hosted by two more ex-second generation Moonies. One is Akina Cox, who has been a guest on the show previously. The other one is Laurel Nakai. And you're going to learn about their show in this episode. And you're also going to learn about a incredibly ill-fated vanity project of the Moonies, the infamous film In Chon. And if you're looking at the graphic tile for this episode, that exclamation point is actually part of the title of the film. I could not make this shit up. The film is not called In Chon. It is called In Chon exclamation point. I'm not going to say much more about the film because you're going to learn all about it in this episode. This was really fun to record. Akina and Laurel are amazing. Laurel actually did all the editing for this, including pulling in audio from the film itself, and it sounds magnificent. Thank you, Laurel. I'm not going to say much more. This is self-explanatory. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy Inch on These Nuts. Kino, welcome uh, to a very special crossover episode of Falling Out. Uh, this is Falling Out with Jane Austen Culture Night. Um, for the audience of my show, you will remember Akina Cox uh, from season one. Uh, Laurel also grew up in the Moonies, uh, has not been a guest on my show yet directly. Maybe that'll happen in the future. Jane Austen Culture Night is a podcast where Akina and Laurel... Um, why don't you, what, what do you guys do on that, on that show? <laughs> um, uh, and then I yeah. want to tell you, tell people what I think about it. Uh, but, but what, what do you guys do? Uh, you want me to take that Akita? Yeah, is- yeah. I feel like I'm okay. in a blabbermouth. You go. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jane Austen Culture Night, we started it to read. Um, we've been reading chapter by chapter Jane Austen novels. We both love Jane Austen. We read her while we were still in the church and then also after once we left. And um, we knew that because it's us and because of our history that we'd also be talking about the cults and our experience there and leaving it. And uh, so it's become this weird intersection of Jane Austen plus cult content mm. and it it seems like it doesn't work, but it does. <laughs> it does. It does. And I have to say, so this is this is what I need to say about your show. So, well, first of all, I'll say about Jane Austen. Um, I'm not a fan. Sorry. To, sorry to say. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> LJ. I feel like you should have disclosed this before we went on your podcast. I- Oh man, I was ready to ask you who your favorite Darcy was. Like we were going to do a whole bit. (laughs) Okay. So let me, let me tell you. So I just remember in high school being forced to read 
shit like a book by a woman Um, yeah (laughs) a masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) um i remember being forced to read stuff like that and actually i don't know if i ever tried reading it to be fair but i remember being forced to read um sure uh withering heights by uh is either Emily or Sean Bronte. or Charlotte Bronte. I, I remember yeah. the surname. Um, yeah. Uh, and I do think there were two of them, Emily or Charlotte. Um, and I just remember I, as a 16 year old me, I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I was okay. just like, this is, okay, well, this is. listen, the Brontes are like the opposite of Austin. Okay. So that's, so that's interesting context. You and, fucking have lived in England for so long and you've <laughs> never like just decided to read. Have you been to Bath? Yeah. Bath is awesome. Is it's okay? Great. A lot of our novels are set there. Okay, I'm but like, can I, I can think I, she has a museum there. Can I, <laughs> oh my can God. I just can I finish finish that train of thought to redeem myself <laughs> here? Um, <laughs> um, um, so then I listened to your podcast, um, and uh, spe- uh, like the first episode, you're talking about the beginning, like the first chapter, um, of Pride and Prejudice, and it was fucking awesome. Like, you guys got me hooked instantly. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. This is like some Bridgerton type shit happening here. Um, And I really got it when I, after I listened to your podcast. Uh, So I have not yet read this book, but I could see myself reading it in the future (laughs) as a result of listening to your podcast. Okay. So Wuthering Heights is a Bronte production and the Brontes, although I love Jane Eyre, Brontes are, are like the sad goth queen that are they're not funny at all mm. they're just yeah. like sad tragedy yeah i agree completely and there's... also wuthering heights is like full of like really really mean people who are really mean mm. to yeah. each other yeah. and they're like it's hard to find a character that you like really get behind yeah, that's yeah. what i that's what i felt and it, i just like and that was my introduction to the genre um, okay. If it's even fair to call them part of the genre, the same genre, I don't, I don't know. Um, Austin is Austin is a significantly earlier. She's like a generation earlier than the Brontes. Okay, okay. Um, but um, Austin is like totally funny and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and that comes across in even in the sarcastic. first episode of your podcast. Yeah, okay. I'm so glad. That's a wonderful yes. endorsement. That's a, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> So, you it. know, naturally we'll do we it go- next time you can come on to our podcast yeah. after you've read. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We'll do a recap after we, yeah. Um, after I've actually read it. Yeah. I okay. really think you should read it though, Elgin. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll get there eventually. But when I, I do, know. I'm going to let you know. Maybe when your kid goes to high school and he has to read it, then You'll have to read along or something. Yeah, I'm like, when possible. is this going to happen? It's got uh, a few years. <laughs> it sounds it's like it's not happening. <laughs> it's not. It's not high on my agenda right now. Do you love how we're day. just like grilling you about Jane Austen on your I know. own this podcast? Is not, this is not what I was expecting <laughs> walking into this. I'm going to change the subject now okay. to um, uh, the subject of today's conversation. So that's the introduction to yes. uh, to Laurel and Akina. The introduction where they grilled me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. The subject, the subject is a film called Inchon, which was yeah. released in 1981. Uh, it is a massive vanity project uh, financed by the Moonies. Uh, I believe specifically like almost like birthed by Sun Myung Moon, yeah. um, if I understand the history correctly. 
uh, starring no less than Sir Lawrence Olivier. Um, and um, me, Laurel, and Aquino all watched that film yesterday, and we're going to talk about it today. Um, we'll talk about the, the, critically, the, the critical reception for this film, um, uh, and we're going to go into the history, uh, and we're going to give our own critical reception of it. Um, the one thing I will say, uh, just to set the scene for the general reception of this film when it came out, is that there's one line in the New York Times uh, review of it that stuck out to me, which is, uh, this is this is the world's most expensive B movie. And um, I think I think that's accurate and it shows. Um, and we'll talk about all that uh, over the course of the episode. Yeah. And Sean was, yeah, a money sink by the church in the early 80s. And um, yeah, I feel like I think Laurel did a little bit more research about like what the church said about the movie and what Moon said in particular um but i feel like i understood a little bit of why just because it's a so incheon is the name of like a port in south korea and i feel like it would be really helpful to just know like a very very basic um knowledge of like the history at least from at that time which is that um korea was uh, was like kind of taken over by Japan, well, many times, but they had been under Japanese rule for decades. And then when Japan fell in World War II, the Allied governments like tried to figure out what to do with all of Jap all the Japanese territories, and they ended up splitting Korea into two parts, and that's how you get North and South Korea. And it was supposed to just be temporary, and the USSR would take over half and the America and its allies would take over half and then they would be reunited. But then of course the cold war started. And so this very temporary, um, this temporary situation has now lasted like over 50 years. And it's like kind of what you would maybe remember about Germany where Germany was similarly like placed under different, um, uh, yeah, it was like Germany was similarly like chopped up into pieces. And so that's what happened in Korea. Also, the geography of Korea is really important. So Korea looks like a peninsula, like the nice way to put it might be like kind of like Florida or something, but really it kind of looks like a dick. Right, and you're just like, yeah, it does. It does, <laughs> and it's um, uh, they say it so looks like a rabbit too, but like uh, okay, that's well, one. Well, but yes, it's it's yeah. hanging off the it's hanging off the continent. Yeah, so this is like like this little nodule hanging off of like China next to Japan, and it, um, and it like so, and then like halfway down, there's this like this hard line that some like staff officer makes um to separate the the country into two parts. Um, and so you have that like parallel about halfway down and then Inchon and Seoul, Inchon is right next to Seoul and they're just like a tiny bit south of that DMZ, the, the yeah, line between it, North and South Korea. Yeah. And just for some context there, I remember being in Korea and like you could drive from Seoul to the DMZ in like one to two hours or something like that. Yeah, like it was like it's, it's 90 minutes. Yeah. That's actually where my parents lived was like, so 
there's the DMZ, which no one can live on, and it's just surrounded by mines, and or it's like there, it's just full of mines, and um, and there, it's like lined with soldiers on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact: it's now kind of a nature reserve because like no humans have been there for like fifty years, and mm-hmm. so and it's like along a river, and so um, yeah, there's a lot of like wild deer and like that are really small and cute anyway. So my parents lived in the buffer zone, which is like, which followed the DMZ and it was very close by. Like you could hear, um, the like loudspeakers at night sometimes. And there, there were supposedly mines maybe in the hills. So you kind of don't want to go hiking. It was like that kind of area. And yeah, we were 90 minutes away from Seoul. Um, so anyway, uh, in July, I think it was 1940, no, 1950 in July, um, the North Korean army just like took all their tanks and went straight through the DMZ, which hadn't really been fortified. And they just tried to take over South Korea and they did it really quickly. And they like pushed all of South Korea (laughs) down to like all the citizens were just running down to Pusan, which is at the very, very tip (laughs) And so they were all like, so everyone was down there and that's when the, where the UN soldiers were trying to make a stand. Right. And then MacArthur, which is the whole plot of this movie. Yes. Douglas MacArthur is placed in charge of getting South Korea back and helping the South Koreans. And so what he does is instead of making a stand down near Pusan at the very tip, he decides he'll go back, he'll take his ships and go back up to where Seoul is, which is really close to the parallel, he'll land in Incheon. And then that way he like cuts off all the supply lines that are going to all the troops that are down at Pusan. And the North Korean soldiers are very like spread out all over South Korea. So it would really like do a decisive blow. The problem with Incheon though, is that it's tidal um, the tidal range, just on a daily basis of their high tide and low tide, the difference is 30 feet, which is wild. 29 feet. It goes up to 36 feet. And I never thought I would be like so excited about learning about tides. But that's like, <laughs> that's, that's the biggest differential in Asia and any, and it's one of the biggest in the world. Um, it's also like now, now there's Incheon Airport, um, so you can drive out to Incheon really easily if you're going to Korea, um, and it's very beautiful. And it's just like for miles during low tide, you just have, um, you just have fields of seaweed that you can see because, and then and then the high tide comes in and it's all like all underwater, but just for like an hour, so. It's very tricky. It's also like a very narrow port. And so it's very, it would have been very easy for the North Koreans to just lay a few mines down and then there would, it would be impossible to get into the port. And they could um, only do it during that time when the tide was high, right? Otherwise the super boats high. would have run aground. Yeah. yeah that's like a plot point in the movie is, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah there, there's a very, st- a very small window of time that they can actually enter the port. There's one the hour. And they have to do it at like a super high tide, which just happens like once a month. So there's like one hour, once a month where you can get all your ships in. And um, it's just like geographically a difficult place to land. And so MacArthur did it. 
Um, and like that, I feel like that, um, fat, the, the, the battle of Inchon was something that I feel like was talked about a lot in the church growing up. And like MacArthur was kind of held up as like a saint, at least in my house. I feel like, and and I feel like in like Newark church where I went to church when I was little, I feel like I remember hearing his name a lot. Did you guys hear him talked about? I did not. I, I, yeah, I, maybe cause I grew up out in Pennsylvania, which is basically like <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Um, I wasn't as connected to like the main church community. So like, I don't remember hearing about it. I remember my, most of my knowledge of the Korean war was like my parents watching mash on TV, <laughs> but then also, you know, hearing about like unifying North and South Korea was like the big push, but I don't remember ever knowing like really who MacArthur was or like his importance and and all of the, that, the details. So there is, I, 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 so I grew up in the DC area, obviously. And I remember being taught a lot about MacArthur and he was seen as this sort of like savior because he like he saved the korean peninsula from being taken over by the communist north koreans um uh, but he also made a flaw kind of like the church says that like you know jesus didn't fulfill his mission um they sort of felt the same way about macarthur like he did a really good job but providentially what he was supposed to do was after he landed at Incheon um and broke up the north korean army um he was meant to push north through the 38th parallel uh, and liberate all of Korea from the, from the North Koreans. Okay. But I just watched like a bunch of crash course videos on the Korean war because I was like, I don't know anything about this. And they did do that. They did try. Oh, did they? Okay. I'm pretty sure after, after they liberated Incheon and got, and got them back over the 38th parallel, they tried to go further and like liberate the whole country but then the chinese were like no 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 and they came in with their army and pushed oh, back and, it, okay. and and yeah and that's why the war went on for another like two or three years after Inchon. okay interesting and then so- final and and i read that macarthur wanted to drop the atom bomb on china during this time <laughs> so like <laughs> And President Truman nixed it. He said no. Um, so maybe that was where he failed. He, he, Whoa. he <laughs> Okay. Maybe it was like, okay, so he, he like he pushed through, but he should have pushed harder. He should have kept kept fighting yeah. you know, instead of yeah. uh maybe that that was it. But also if I just I'm just piecing things together here. Wasn't that what I part of the church lore is that like is that you know, Moon himself was in Hungnam prison in North Korea yes. and he was liberated by the Americans. So yeah. that would have been MacArthur's Americans pushing up past, yes. past yeah. the 38th parallel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He he says in one of the speeches that I found here, he said something about like how after Incheon happened and then they're pushing up the UN forces come and it's, you know, they start executing prisoners when mm. – they he, when the North Koreans hear that they've lost Inchon or something, and then uh, he's like the next one to be executed, and then the UN forces come and liberate them. <laughs> the of course, camp. of course, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, basic Reverend Moon history is that like 
his, that's not even his real name, right? And he said he's he's from North Korea. He has a very thick North Korean accent, or he died. So he did have a very thick North Korean accent. accent. Um, and he said he was thrown in jail because he was like a Christian or something. And yeah. maybe Being he was actually sent in communists. jail for bigamy. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, so he was in, he was in like a, a prison and then he was liberated. And then he came, he walked all the way from North Korea down to South Korea, down to Busan. And that's where he started the first yeah, church. That's right. Yeah. And similarly, yeah. um, Hak Jahan Moon, his wife was also like a refugee, and a lot of the original members of the Unification Church were refugees who from North like, Korea. experienced okay. the Korean War. And I remember reading like a book about True Mother's Life when I was a little kid. And it was about like the first time she met a soldier and he like helped her and her, uh, an American soldier. And he was black and, and, and he gave her a chocolate bar, which she had never had ice. Like she had never had candy before. And it was like this like, very exciting moment for in her. Mm early life which who knows if that was made up or not but hmm. um yeah so i can see why they would say that this is important also yeah, yeah there's so much though of his of sun young moon's early life that is very um uh that, that's very Made hard up. to confirm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there's like pictures in the church. Uh, there's like famous pictures that we all know of, like him crossing a border into South Korea carrying his friend on his back who was injured. And like, it turns out that's not him in the picture. Mm. Like, that's yeah. not. Yeah. 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 Things that. like that. Yeah. So that's just kind of what we're going off of. Um, so yeah, so he came to America in 1973 and then decided in 1980 to like blow a shit ton of money making this film about how great MacArthur was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> should, should we, so Laurel, I think you, yeah. you, you have all, all the, you, you know all about the history of this film. So can you talk us through that? Okay. So yeah, I did some deep dives on some of the history of this. So um, yeah, they, they s spent it says on imdb that they spent 44 million dollars and they lost 5.2 million on the opening um so it's one of like the worst uh, wait, wait you mean they made they wait. so they, they it cost them 44 and and they made 5 yes you're saying okay. yes yeah so the loss is huge so the loss is 39 yeah, um, at least because it, yeah. in several places where Moon is talking about it, he says, I spent 50 million. And then another time he says, I spent 60 million. And uh, a lot of the sources say that he was basically paying actors with like suitcases full of cash. So honestly, the estimates of what was spent. It, wow. You know what I mean? Like, we don't we don't even know the extent of it. Well, um, I read that I, uh, that um, uh, trust was irrevocably broken on set. Set was just so chaotic. There were because yeah. um, he hired like a lot of top names to direct and act and write it and to write. Think, yeah, yeah. Most of the crew were just and like extras. A lot of them were just church members and. You know, church members are from all over. So apparently the crew was like, I said, 
nine languages were spoken on set and like the crew probably didn't know what it was doing and so oh that's interesting you can i feel that when i see the film i know what you mean yeah yeah Yeah. that comes across yeah the actors were super pissed off and at one point Lawrence olivier was like i need my weekly pay brought to me in cash every week Otherwise, I'm not going to continue to film. And then once he started doing that, the the other actors were like, yeah, that's what we want. Because they didn't trust that they would get paid at the end, which is very fair. Yeah. So they and they had um, they had some really well-known like writers and directors um, signed on to do this movie. And uh, most of them in the beginning did not know that there was a connection to the Unification Church oh. and that all of it was being funded by Moon. That A lot of the, the actors and the crew and the set, um, there's a great <clears throat> line by the, the co-screenwriter um, said that he was writing this uh, Robin Moore. Who's, he said, the theme I had to deal with in Inchon was too big for the movie and that was less than two hours. And when... Toho was originally involved. They wanted a love story between Americans. He said, my technique is to research and then fictionalize a technique I use successfully in the French Connection. Writer of the French Connection. The guy who wrote the French Connection wrote this film. Yes. Yes. Holy shit. So, but then he says, but I had to fictionalize the real landing at Inchon, making it seem that a lighthouse was a pivotal factor when in fact it wasn't. I couldn't do that. The lighthouse wasn't even a fucking thing? No, there was no, no I mean, nothing about a lighthouse in the- No, I did, I did read <laughs> about the Battle of Inchon and the lighthouse was like a thing, but it, was, but it, it was wasn't like a pivotal thing, part. Yeah, it was one thing among a dozen of things that were like, Whoa. that were done. Yeah, it wasn't a pivotal factor in the battle the way they made it seem in this. So then he said, like, I couldn't do that. And that's when they brought in other writers. So it seems like there was a lot of stops and starts and piecing. And you can tell that it's like in certain places, it's like there's two or three different movies going on at the same time. And they're like cutting and pasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Also, a cast member passed away, like, and... And then they decided not to use any of the scenes with him in it, which took out 40 minutes of the movie. Whoa. And they had yeah. to. Um, yeah. And so that's also why it's a little bit confusing. Um, they also, I think, kept showing um, uh, cuts of it to Reverend Moon. And then he would say, like, oh, I want this or, you know, like, why don't we have a scene? He said, why don't we have a scene where Lawrence Olivier is looking at a bust of Julius Caesar? Yeah. And so. That's why that was there? Yeah. And so. Uh, but they had to do that in, reshoot in Rome, They had to right? do the reshoot in Rome because Lawrence Olivier was sick and couldn't get on an airplane. And so that reshoot of, like, that three-second clip. That was like a throwaway moment. It cost $250,000 to do yeah, that one quick fuck? shoot. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, there oh were tons God. of like reshoots and different locations. <laughs> oh, another fun fact that I learned, that lighthouse um, was destroyed by a typhoon at, that they built it as like the set design and then it was destroyed by a typhoon and they had to completely rebuild it all over again. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Spirit World was not on their side. No, oh my god, the psychic was wrong. <laughs> the psychic was wrong um, because 
Yeah. Wait, can, can you, we even can get you explain the psychic? psychic right I now? think I think you need to explain what the psychic is. Okay, let's Akina. Let's let's uh, use the the title of this article from the Telegraph. Oh my it's amazing. god! It's best. In Sean, how psychics, the Moonies, and a latex-covered Laurence Olivier made the worst war movie in history. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like the astrologer Jean Dixon, who was yeah. like a premier oh. astrologer in the uh, 80s and 70s. And um, Moon hired her to help cast the film. And she communicated with a dead MacArthur because MacArthur had passed away already. Oh, love it. I and love she it. said that uh, he would this love if be- Lawrence Olivier was um no uh, really him as a role. yeah he helped she helped cast the movie no i so I, th- I think this was the bef- before the church started doing its own like internal i know i was like oh because why yeah why would they need to go external if they you know they, yeah, they had all this claimed true. expertise internally in in doing this true um yeah i was very confused about um yeah why they would go external but that makes sense that it was just like then they decided to get on the grift themselves also um i think it mentions it in that amazing telegraph article that on like in some of the press releases they put quotes from her about like how good the movie is speaking on behalf of D- Douglas MacArthur. Oh my god, that's like... fucking amazing! That is, I mean, <laughs> that is fucking amazing. I, when I like the church has taken out full page ads in newspapers uh, quoting yeah. dead people before, so that wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I needed to make sure that we covered? It was um, also Inchon was like what they decided and, and they decided to do Douglas MacArthur, but previously Reverend Moon had wanted to do either Jesus or Elvis. No, yeah. really? Oh, so he just, he just wanted to make a movie. He wanted to make yeah. a movie. Okay. And it, got it. Okay. Yeah. It, it could have been either. And I read um, somewhere that he was wanting to do like a whole series of movies based on yeah. like different Bible stories, but then that never happened. Cause after Inchon, it was <laughs> his career was over <laughs> um i i mean they still had money but i'm guessing like they were probably iced out of hollywood like they people knew yeah. Their yeah probably went. yeah yeah with with the fuck up this bad uh like everyone no one was going to get fooled again in hollywood probably right yeah. with this yeah they wouldn't be able to get anybody to sign on yeah. to a project yeah um yeah, apparently um, in some screenings you could win – it was either a Rolls Royce or maybe you would be gifted a, a leather jacket that said Inchon on it. <laughs> and I kind of really want one of those now. That would be amazing. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I know. With what exclamation a, mark. What it's got to yes. have Inchon oh, with exclamation We need to address this, ex, ex, this exclamation, bar, uh, exclamation mark. So this film is not called Inchon. This film is called Inchon exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay. It makes the me press want to release. do jazz hands. I know. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing. I also want to do it's... like a pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> like Oklahoma. 
pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, can I say the MacArthur quote on the press release? Yes. This is from the dead MacArthur. Yeah. Is, okay. I was very happy to see this picture made because it will express my heart during the Korean War. I will make more than 100% effort to support this movie. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> this definitely sounds like him. Not that totally, I really know what he sounds like. 100%. Sounds like. That's, that is definitely, that's so, definitely MacArthur. Like, I feel like you don't understand, like, all the names associated with this, though, by the way. I oh, feel yeah, like this movie is so wild. I, I feel like there's, like, 80,000 things that we need to talk about. Yeah, I know. First of all, yeah. Yeah. It was oh, so we went over Robin Moore, author of the French Connection. It was directed by Terrence Young, who had directed three Bond movies, and yeah. he had like kind of like a promising career as a director. And then no. after this, he was like not hired to do anything ever again. Poor guy. He directed three also, James Bond movies. Yeah, like also, with Connery, or do we? It, maybe uh, like, I wonder like, if there were Roger Moore because they were in the uh. Let's let, let's, Quick Google. Quick I mean, Google. it's not it's not that critical, but it kind of I don't know. Yeah, like that would be that be such Dr. a Doctor No. Fact. He did Doctor No. No way. Wow. And from Russia with Love. So he did some good Bond films. Yeah. Um. He also did Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn, which is like very scary. Um. Uh. A very scary thriller that's um where she's like blind and there's someone like um stalking her oh my god it's it's like giving me goosebumps um but oh that it probably explains one of the pas on the film was sean Ferrer, which if you're not a total old movie dork you probably don't recognize that name that's no, fucking audrey hepburn's son okay oh wow yeah whoa he like got his start as like a pa on inchon which i'm just like <laughs> how did now that makes sense. So Terrence Young directed his mom in a movie, Wait Until Dark, which his dad produced. Anyway, you know, Nepo Babies. But yeah. Also, Toshiro Mufune is in this. And he's like named as like one of the world's best actors to ever lived. He was in a bunch of Akira Kurosawa movies. He plays like the fisherman. <laughs> He's not the he's not the the girlfriend's dad. Yeah, the, he is the girlfriend's yeah, he is. dad. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but I he's like a brilliant actor. Yeah, yeah, I thought I recognized him. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't, yeah. Um, I also have a. I don't know whether we saw the whole cut of the movie. I don't. Well, yeah, of the original. So the original film premiered at the. Can Film Festival. Holy fuck. <laughs> and it was a three it was a three hours long. And Did then we'll go to that to, to that to know. that can. That would be wild if he was there. I don't know. Um and then it was three uh, yeah, it was three hours long the original cut. And then yeah, David Jansen, who um also at the time was a very famous actor. Um his a lot of his scenes uh he he ended up passing away before they could do the reshoots that they needed to do with him so then all of his scenes got cut yeah um 
And then, yeah, they kept going back and forth and doing a bunch of cuts. And so, like, there's like an hour and a half of footage that got cut, even, and it's still a two over two hour. Yeah, it was about two twenty. The the one, the one that's on YouTube. It was filmed in Hollywood, Seoul, and Tokyo, and Uh when yeah, the reshoots were incredibly expensive. Um. The it was only in theaters for like a week, and then they um, in select cities, in select cities, and that is including like these theaters. Like they put out like they had like I think you could win a car. Did you read that? I I got I uh, I um highlighted that review. There is a review on IMDb where somebody talks about going to this movie on on a first date and there are moonies outside selling (gasps) tickets for the movie and if you buy a ticket you could win this rolls royce yeah and so he's like okay i'll take my date there they go the, the he says the theater is filled with um, Moonies, mm-hmm. like the cheering for yeah. the movie. He said they had a horrible time. It was a terrible movie, and they never went on a second date. So uh, I thought you were going to say they got married and had a wonderful <laughs> life together, or something like that. No, be... <laughs> no it ruined their lives. <laughs> well, no, maybe I... it was like a bullet dodged. I mean, they didn't yeah, dodge the first fair. bullet. They yeah. did go to the movie, but then, like, um, yeah, it was. I I also read that. When the American army realized that it was yes. a Mooney They were going to they- sign on. The American army, they were going to use, <laughs> uh, the American army was going to give them, um, they were going to let them use their officers and a lot of people for extras and oh. like equipment and all kinds of stuff. And then when they found out it was funded by the Unification Church, they pulled out. They pulled out just- and they had 1500 extras that they were gonna have in the movie there were still a lot of extras in this yeah but they were last minute church replacements and last minute replacements they had to get some korean soldiers to come in and pretend to be like the um the commanders and apparently when they weren't filming the commanders were like physically abusive to the extras jesus they did have some extras from from some of the people who were already stationed in Korea, I think. Um, Cause there was also a review from somebody who was like, I didn't see this movie, but I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, we had no idea what was going on, but we kind of had fun. And I got to meet some of the actors. <laughs> I can, I just want to circle way back to something yeah. that was said earlier. Um, so you said that, that this film cost $44 million in 1981. Um, I just looked that up now it, in today's dollars. Uh, that's equivalent to about $160 million. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking. Here. Yeah. I feel like honestly, okay. I know you're going to cancel me, but like, what if it was money well spent? like what else would the church spend it on like they're Mm -hmm. like sending like being involved in the iran contra scandal like the washington times like there's a lot of crappy shit that the church has spent a lot of money like opening up new gun factories they just made like a really shitty movie that was actually like kind of fun to watch there were so many explosions 
explosions for two hours the explosion budget was huge it was good. I just, I, there there were some good explosions in this film there, and there was actually well, we can come back to the film well one of my big notes that i wrote was like actually the scene on the bridge which we can come back to yeah i actually thought that was pretty well done um yeah. it was it was it was a, it was a decent piece of filmmaking uh and it had a lot of explosions um should we say what the plot so-called plot of the movie is it's basically i mean we talk it's got like it's got like five plots going on at once yes yes <laughs> Hurry! Well, uh, get, get me this number. In short. No time. Please, please go me. now. Please. Please. So it basically starts out, though, when, like, the North Korean tanks just, like, run over the border in the yes. summer. Um, yeah. And then, and then it's about kind of, like, everyone is escaping, and then Douglas MacArthur comes in with his fleet, and he saves the day in Inchon. But there's also this, yes. like, side plot of, like, um, this... This soldier, this American soldier, is in Inchon. He's been living there for a year with his Korean Frank. girlfriend. Yeah. And his wife has just shown up in Korea. And yeah, so she's like, an no, she's wife. been there. She's oh, been she's there. She's been there, yeah. I'm pretty sure. She's been they, there. She's buying she furniture. Came, That's what she, she does. She came with him to Korea because later when they have that, um, when they're talking about it, she's like, I followed you to um, all these different places and Pearl Harbor and here and now here. And then once they were in Korea together, that's when they kind of split up and they were supposedly going to get a divorce and he's staying with his mistress. And she, she's just still stuck in Korea. She's like hanging around shopping for antiques. I thought stuff. she had shown up to confront him. He met her at the airport and said like, hey, I have a girlfriend. And then she's like, well, I'm going to go buy furniture for my new business in Philly. And then she like left him and then the invasion started. And then she and then he got worried about her. And then he's like following her all over Korea. Well, but then there's this one other part where he says, I brought her here, so I have to make sure she gets out. Like, he, remember when he goes like, back to try and find Barbara, the wife? I thought it was just like, I brought her, like, because she came over. She, to, I brought like, her to Korea, is, right? Like, he's the only is, reason she's there. This is how confusing no, this is. Like to, to confront him. Kit. So in the very Maybe. very beginning, so we meet this soldier. What's I, I wrote down the soldier's His name? His name's Frank. Frank, major, okay, major okay. Frank. Something. So fr so Frank, we we meet Frank, and we meet his girlfriend. Who yeah, I, like okay, we we meet Frank. We meet his his girlfriend. I'm pretty sure they're meant to be in Korea, and yeah. his girlfriend's meant to be Korean because this whole thing is meant to take place on the Korean Peninsula. Yeah, right. However, then he goes and talks to who I think is meant to be the girlfriend's dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is this Japanese guy. Um, yeah. And he has like a samurai sword and he has and he like. So why is he Japanese? Like why? Or are or, 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 or we as the audience just meant to think, oh, they're they're the same. Like what is happening there? I am really confused about that. And I also was like, 
because I knew who that actor was. I was like, yeah, because this is the famous one you were talking he, about, right? He looks obviously Japanese to me, but then I was like, but maybe, um, like, especially like in his accent and everything. And I was like, but maybe he's supposed to be Korean. I don't know. Are um, they just betting that Americans don't know the difference <laughs> between? Also, like, it, he, he talked about him. If we want to give this film the benefit of the doubt, he he's talked the dad is talked about as being a soldier right but a a retired soldier but maybe when he was a soldier he was if korea was under japanese occupation he would have had like a japanese sword i don't know or maybe they are in japan in the beginning because later the soldiers are talking about i want to go back to japan because they all have girlfriends in japan no but that's because they were in occupied japan like because they were like most of the soldiers were there and they had to ship them from japan to korea right but maybe frank was in japan originally too I don't well, think yeah, so, this is I my thing. So, no, she was chosen for the job because he had been an in Inchon for a oh, year. Oh, okay. that's true. But okay, they mentioned that later. You're right. I think you're right, Akina. But in the beginning, when he when he's like when he like gets the word and he's like, I gotta leave my girlfriend, I gotta leave her dad, and he has to get on a boat to go to wherever he needs to go. Um, yeah. To like to do that, and I was like, oh, so is this them like going from? japan to korea on a boat no um, i think he was but, going from korea to japan because i think he was going wait, to douglas because douglas macarthur in the original thing was um he his headquarters was in japan oh, and so he went frank to japan never went, for, but frank was never there with him in japan no he was in a meeting in one of macarthur's meetings I, that i think was in all japan of the, all of the meetings with macarthur like they could be in anywhere because they just all happen in these like wood paneled rooms hotel conference room (laughs) hotel conference rooms (laughs) (laughs) and you don't have no idea where they are it's just in this nebulous space in between all of the battle scenes um wait so you think he's going from from... it's very easy to follow right guys yeah to japan Okay. That's, no, I, I, I didn't from see that Korea coming. to Japan and then back to Korea. Back to Korea God, again. Because when, MacArthur was MacArthur's in okay. on his way going to Korea. Yeah. With, okay. And then they're sending the UN. <laughs> okay. Okay. But if he's going from that's Korea to Japan, it, then why? Okay, that still doesn't explain why the guy was Japanese. Uh, but I don't, and we don't know if he was supposed to be Japanese because yeah. I think he was supposed to be Korean, but I don't know. <laughs> that was the worst supposing to be oh, Korean. Man. Oh, God. All right. So, but then Frank is still married to Barbara. Barbara is shopping, uh, yes. his wife. Barbara's shopping for like antiques and stuff yeah. when the North Koreans come. Over the border, yeah. and, and by the start... way, this is like the third minute of the film. That's yeah, how that's how far like, this we are. <laughs> there are explosions like within seven minutes. You're like, ah, yeah. Yeah. no, like, uh, no, the explosion starts the movie. Starts yeah, right. it like, does. I even that's thought right. that was Reverend Moon's voice no. at first, but no, 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 I don't no. think Wait, it was. Can I can I tell you what starts the movie? Um, I'm I'm gonna pull it up here. Um, there is a, um. There is a wall of text that says the following. I'm looking yes. at it right now. The wall of text says this is not a documentary of the war in Korea, but a dramatized story of the effect of war on a group of people. 
where dramatic license has been deemed necessary, the authors have taken advantage of this license <laughs> to dramatize the subject. That is the first, that is the opening title to this film. Yeah. So I also, when I was doing my own research, I saw there was a soldier, and I think his name was Clark, like Major Clark, who was responsible for doing like a lot of shit in Inchon to prepare, including a lighthouse bit to like prepare for the landing. Um, like he did something like, they had a ship, like, do a drive-by of Incheon, and then all of these um, North Korean uh, guns started shooting at the ship, right? And so Major Clark was already embedded in the Incheon, um, in the Incheon area, and so he could see where all the guns were. So he then right. called in he gave to, them like, aircraft— and and okay. had all those guns taken out. So there but was this, a guy. My other question That's though, actual Korean history. That, that's that's actual Korean, Korean history. Like history. I think this is like a mean version of of that guy and um mm. I think Frank is supposed to be like Clark. I know. I think kind so. of, yeah. I think yeah. so too. I think so too, but it's it's weird. I also um, know though guys, if you are in um if you are in certain areas in the army um like you're not allowed to bring your girlfriend or wife maybe that's what i was also thinking of that's why like maybe barbara wasn't there for a while because or like right where he was because the closer you are to like um any kind of like active skirmishy area yeah the, uh, then you're that not allowed sense. to have your family so i think okay. that's yeah, also why during people, active like, combat, i leave my sense. family behind in okinawa or whatever yeah. Um, okay. I was like, because I know I think some army bases in Korea. Well, they've changed a bunch of the army bases in the last twenty years, but like, yeah, I remember hearing about that. All right. So basically, <sighs> Barbara's there for whatever reason. <laughs> also, she's supposedly from Philly. Did you like that, Laurel? I did. She no, she but, wants to get back to Philly so no, bad. I was but, like, okay. I wrote in my notes, like, is there a Philadelphia in England? Because I'm like, this, this bitch no. is not from the one in America. Well, yes. Okay. So here's later on when when Frank and Barbara are having are having a, a an argument, which we can talk yeah. about. He's like, you think you're some high class Philadelphia lady? And I was like, what the fuck? Who the, like, what the, what do they think Philadelphia is? Like, back was there, in the fifties, in the fifties, was it like was, was it like equivalent swing. to New York or L.A. or something? No, there like, is, no, there's there like is, a there is a main line. There is a main line. Yeah, Philly. so like the Bryn Mawr area, like the main line part of Philadelphia, there okay. there is like not downtown Philly, basically. Okay. You, like, so that's probably about, what. Like, the, Okay. The Boston Brahmins, it's like that version where it's like fancy old New York money, fancy yeah. Boston, fancy Philly, fancy Cincinnati. Yeah, even. and they're basically like, right now where where that would be would be considered like the suburbs of Philly. It would not be considered okay. like inside the city center. Okay. So like Ardmore and yeah, Bryn Mawr and all of those like fancy areas. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I never went there when I lived in Philly. Is um, it? I, um, I, I also was thinking in terms of the historical Philadelphia story. Sorry. Yeah, Philadelphia story. Yeah. Exactly. And, That's and the also, vibe. Also, um I th- I I forget I forget what year the film Trading Places came out, uh, but the, the Eddie Murphy film, um, where it, like, you know, he you know, the, has these escapades with these rich these like really rich white dudes. Um yeah. 
those really rich rich white dudes uh, are from Philadelphia. Like it's uh, it's like it's like rich old old white money yeah. in in Philly. And that movie came out in the early eighties. It might have even come out in eighty one. Uh, I don't know exactly, but so maybe like in that time and place, Philly was still considered like a fancy place. Um, but yeah. I laughed my well, ass I mean, off. There when, are when, like when, really. When, yeah. rich people from there it's just like this woman is like trying not that hard to conceal a british accent and i was like this is, um, <laughs> you're not doing a great job yeah. um but yeah so they, she, like, is it maybe so, she's trying to do like a transatlantic right because during the 1950s they would have there would have been like that uh, transatlantic yeah. accent right for, yeah like i mean like Catherine hepburn in the philadelphia story yeah but Anyway, she, it, this actress is actual. Uh, this actress was actually British. Yeah, I looked it okay. up just to right. confirm. And she Hall. also uh, left showbiz after this movie. Too. <laughs> she was like, "No, I'm done." <laughs> is it Jacqueline um, Bissett? Is that was that her name? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then, she, okay. So so the the our, the North Koreans come in. They're like, oh, man, you got to get out of here, lady. So she uh, is trying to leave and go go to the south, go get to the American embassy, get out of Korea. On the way, um, she's like, you know, she meets up with her husband's like army buddy friend. Yeah. I think his name's Henderson. Yeah. Henderson. He gives her a gun and he's like telling her what to do. Yeah. And. Um, there, and there's a great scene where, where North Korean tries to stop her and she yeah. shoots that motherfucker in the chest. <laughs> she does. She's like, Point I can't blank. shoot anybody. And then she's like, ah. like, like holy fuck. Yes. Yeah. And we get the, the great bridge scene where she's in the car and everyone's yep. trying to cross the bridge, but the North Koreans are coming right behind them. And so um, the army's like, we got to blow up the bridge because we can't let the North Koreans cross this bridge. And so they're trying to clear everybody off the bridge. People are jumping off. Um, this old man stops in front of her car and uh, all of his grandchildren just like get in the car. And he's like, take my grandchildren. And then he's like, bye. And she's like, what? <laughs> so now she's in charge of these five little Korean girls. Um and they're trying to drive across the bridge and get across, and they eventually explode the bridge, and she almost falls off, but then she doesn't, and it's very harrowing. And and her whole journey is basically now she's like a mom to these kids, yeah. and she's taking them all the way to Busan, where they'll be safe. She tries to drop them off at an orphanage yes at some point and then she's like no i can't leave them and then she takes them with her or something fun motherfucking fact do you know what yeah. song was playing when they arrived at the orphanage are we wrong right yes are we oh. wrong are, are we wrong also we... the composer of this uh film was amazing he did the aliens yeah. um i forget his no. name no yeah Whoa. And yeah. apparently they had such a, they gave him such a small, they rented a really small hall for him to record his orchestra. And so, um, you could hear, uh, you could hear sounds of like instruments hitting a wall sometimes because like the violinist <laughs> didn't have enough space. Oh no. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, uh, For yeah. 160 million dollars, you'd think they could they could do well, better think, than that. Isn't that like classic well? Then they church. did spend like, a lot of money, didn't they? Record in like a studio in Rome. I think I remember something about the sound recording and how it was really expensive too. And the well, yeah. composer was like, "Yeah, we did a good job. I'm happy with <laughs> well, my work." <laughs> the composer was like, "We did. It was a good exercise in doing what you can." Mm. under not the best circumstances mm. which i feel like um understand like a <laughs> way, way yeah. to put it so i feel like so yeah like we've just described like that's like one of the major one plots plot. one of the major subplots is that like the journey of barbara fancy barbara from philadelphia for going from <laughs> soul was it soul yeah from soul down to pusan and then you know meeting these kids and bringing them down and finding her her husband's friend henderson who helps her out henderson comes and goes from her life like four times i don't understand why he doesn't just escort her to the embassy he just he's like here's a gun see you later and then he comes back again and he's like back and fixes her car and then he leaves What is he doing? He's just going back and forth. Yeah, but and then also, I he got he got shot, and I was pretty sure he was dead. But yes, then he, came and then he back. just comes back randomly. Yeah, we don't it know was how. Unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> also, I I have to say, um, with with both the white characters and the black characters, actually, with everyone, maybe because we were watching like a shitty. Okay, so Inchon was put on cable tv one time and it was on a church yeah. owned cable news uh cable channel which i didn't know we owned a cable oh, I didn't know really that yeah that it, that's what it was it was called good times or something yeah i wrote that down i wrote down what the hell is good times tv yeah yeah good times network cable network um and so they good showed life, it once. sorry good life tv good network. Life. i wrote it down yeah um they showed it once and so the someone ripped that and put that on youtube Yes. And so we're watching like a really crappy yeah. cable version. Yeah. Um and it's right, some like of the swear hard, words it was hard to are hear. blanked out. Yeah. Yeah, some is. of the yeah, swear words was, are blanked out. Yeah. It was hard to hear. Um it was hard to see. I feel like everyone's wearing uniforms and then like I'm like is that the same white guys before or is that the same <laughs> white guys before? Is that a different true. Guy? When we like, when I was we, just like so confused. When we first met Frank for the first five minutes, I I, I was like, "Is this Lawrence Olivier? What is, like yeah. is this? Is this MacArthur? Who who is who is this right. guy? I had I had no idea what what who he was until until they actually introduced MacArthur. I thought he was going to be MacArthur effectively, but then we haven't even talked about MacArthur himself. Yes, let's talk about there. Yeah, so there's and his the eyebrows, <laughs> his face, uh, the makeup. It what? looks like he's melting. Yeah, what was it's, happening with his face? He did. He had like two hours of makeup. He was extremely sick when he did this movie. Apparently, they said he was like lying down, and in between takes, and then when it was his turn, he would like get up and do his scene, and then go back and like lay down again. He, and he would have to sit for two hours of makeup. They had like prosthetics on him to make him look like MacArthur, but he was like really thin because he was ill, and um. Yeah, he just looks strange. He looks and sounds Sound. and feels so frail. Yeah. He, he does not project strength I was at so, all. 
I was so confused by his performance. I was like, this is just the weirdest performance I've ever seen. His mannerisms, like everything seems weird. And then when I read that he was sick, I was like, okay, this makes more sense now. He's just like. I, he. There were points where I thought he was senile. Yeah. He, like he really, it really felt like he wasn't all the way there mentally. It it, it was, like, there was, it was. It was not a good performance. It's it's strange. Like I was like, I can't tell if he's just like phoning it in and doesn't care, or if he's like, just I, yeah. It's just very it, very hard to explain his energy in this film. But knowing that he was basically like really really sick uh, explains a lot. Also, like I don't understand why he needed so much makeup or why they tried to do the prosthetics the way they did. I mean, like. Yeah, he didn't really look like Douglas MacArthur, but like he's just like a he's like a white guy of around this uh, like almost the same age as the character he was supposed to be. Yeah, why did he need so like why did they need to do all of that? Like why couldn't they just give him that corn cob pipe and stick a hat on him? And like I feel like we'd all been like, oh yeah, that was that's Douglas MacArthur. There's no tide problem. It's got a convenient harbor. It's on the same side as Inchon, and it's not half as dangerous. My friend, you've been looking at the map, but you've not been reading what it says. Kunzan, sure. Easy to take with good reason. It has no decisive influence on the war. We still have to drive the communists from the Pusan area all the way to North Korea. Yard by yard, mile by mile, may take months with thousands of casualties. We land at Incheon. We take Seoul. Seoul. The hub of all North and South communications. Here, I shall crush them. Do you know when Rudy Giuliani was like melting at that yeah. um, at that press conference? That was kind of the, like like how how Olivier felt through this entire film, just kind of like this sagging, melty face. And I, it looked like he had a lot of hair dye in too. I don't think it was ever technically melting, but it looked it looked like really overdone. It it was that type of vibe from from him for the entire film. Um, can we talk about the relationship between Douglas MacArthur and his wife, which is just like so weird and icky? Like they're so like she keeps talking about how he's like a gift from God, and yes. like it was like such churchy language. Also, they seem to sleep in two different beds in two different rooms. And it seemed like he had his own bed that was like a twin-sized bed in one room with a picture of Jesus that was just as wide as the bed, like, over well, his bed. That's what they and did so, in the 50s, Akina. You you never watched I Love Lucy? That's, yeah, exactly. Well, I feel like usually, even then, it was, like, two beds in one room or something. And this was, like, two different rooms and, like... He like comes to visit her at night after like that's, knocking very That's softly. what the queen does, right? Yeah. That's how the royals do it. <laughs> yeah. So, and actually, yes. I, just, I, have, I have a specific quote from that from that scene. Um, yeah. Uh, this is around minute twenty three. Um, uh, his his wife is trying to like um, sort of like not like not console him, but like pump him up and be like, yeah, yeah. You, you can do yeah. this. You're ready. He's for like, challenge. I'm too old, and they don't. Yeah, want yeah. Me. He's like, does the world think I'm too frail? I'm like, yes, dude. <laughs> the world thinks you're too frail, Lawrence. <laughs> um, um, but his wife's like, if anyone's going to save the world, it's going to be you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that's the that's the energy. And there's multiple multiple times where either yeah. she says it or someone else says it. Like 
like I'm going to save the world uh, or MacArthur's going to, there's MacArthur's going to save the world in this moment in Inchon. That's, that's like one of, that's like probably the biggest theme of this movie. I I would say is yeah. like, and, and there are points later we can talk about this in further detail where they're like, he's like, God is on my side. Uh, God wants me to win this battle. Um, like that sort of that, um, that sentiment like pervades the movie. And I feel like that, yeah, that, that scene with his wife is, is like, she's only there to, to say that pretty much in, in that scene. Are you saying that the woman character just exists to propel the plot? <laughs> oh, I don't want you to tell yes, me that. I, I... <laughs> Incredible. It, they make it seem like he's some sort of like underdog, but it's later... like, he's the greatest general in, in yes. human history. Right. When I was watching the <laughs> Korean war, like, um, info stuff they were like macarthur was like the most popular general he was like really like everybody liked him except for truman apparently i don't know (laughs) they had some beef um but yeah he was like super popular and everybody's like yeah of course macarthur's the guy they make it sound like he's some underdog and he has to prove himself like he overcame the uh, the, yeah yeah, the doubters if i had some general who was like trying to put a nuclear bomb in China, I probably wouldn't like them either. Like, I feel like he was like so zealous and, and Truman was like, let's not start another world war three, yeah. like four years after world war two. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, that was really confusing. I think the little angels were in this movie. Those I saw were the them in girls. the credits. And then I was like, yeah. how did I miss them? Where are they? Were they like the in little girls? The no, they were the little girls. I think so. Which, wait, and which in the little, orphan. Oh, the, the, the girls in the, the girls, car. Yeah, the yeah. Barbara takes. Oh the, shit! Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want. There's two things I want to mention. So number number one, um, just um, we circle back to like to the very beginning of the film. Yeah. There's that like voice. There's there's that um. There's that paragraph that they say about the dramatization, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, and then a few a few seconds later, um, they introduce the film, and then first thing before they say anything about who directed it, um, who's in it, every anything else, it says um, special advisor Sun Myung Moon. Sun Myung Moon. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's very clear from the very beginning that like this is his show, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think the audience needs to know that that is. Very, it's very on the prominent. posters as well. It says like, uh, like brought to you by director Terrence Young and special advisor. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> also, can I ask, like, so Barbara drives from like probably where my parents live, all the way down to Busan, which is yeah. like hundreds of miles, like a few, uh, probably, something like about four, five hundred. I don't know off the top probably of my head. Like that. Anyway. She never stops for gas. Like, how does that happen? Like, well, she like, does break down at, at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah and but then Henderson just appears to like, Henderson, the picture. Henderson yeah. has been, just been bringing cans of he gas does. back and forth. <laughs> and, and because, like, very early on, she's like, she tell when she is a driver before he gets shot. She's like, "We've been driving for twenty four hours," and I was like, "How?" Mm. Like. Like you're yeah. in like a refugee column. No one else has a car. You're on dirt roads. Like yeah. your car looks empty. Like it's not like they have like cans of gas strapped to the back. It's like 
I was just like, how how does she make this trip? I really don't understand it. Yeah, that's a great question. We, we don't even understand how she got to Korea, so <laughs> we, have, we also, can't we answer this question. I love that she's like, yeah, I'm leaving, and I'm going to start an importing business, and I'm going to bring all this Korean furniture to Philly. And I really like <laughs> that life for her, and I wish she yes. – uh, speaking of uh, being an old married lady pro-divorce, I'm like, leave this guy. He is oh, the worst. Frank yeah. sucks. Frank He's is the terrible. worst. Frank is the Don't. worst. And I, oh, I, so this film had – I don't know if you guys feel like picked up on this. I'm, I'm sure you did. But basically this this film has a lot of time uh, for uh, soldiers with girlfriends. Um, like that's like, that's like, and regardless of whether or not they're married, like, like it's, that's like a recurring theme is like, first of all, we have, we have Frank with the girlfriend, uh, like married guy with the girlfriend. Then we have, uh, later on when Henderson and Frank, Henderson and Frank, um, are together in Henderson's quarters, um, uh, Henderson, they make, they make a joke or, or something about like, um, Henderson's like, Hey, look, if, if, uh, if when I'm out, if you need to bring a girl back here to my, to my house, you can do that. Um, or something, something like yeah. along those, along those lines. And it's like, I feel like the, and then there are other bits where they're like, the people are, the, the soldiers are like talking about their girlfriends here or there, like yeah. back in Japan, you yeah. mentioned that earlier. So I just thought that was really weird for something started by moon. Well, I mean, it's weird, but it also kind of makes sense. Like, you know, something that's, uh, obviously all about sexual purity and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, like to have like that much of a fixation on that topic. I, I thought it, it was, it was weird. Cause like you could have made this whole film with none of that in it at all. But, but moon, I think moon went out of his way to put that in there. Basically. You don't, you don't think that was like a leftover from the French connection guy who was just like, this is how it was. And then like, oh, maybe, like I, I, maybe. that'd be great. But I think, also, you know, what happens with Barbara is like when we first see her, we're like, oh, she's this like rich lady who doesn't really care about anyone else. She's just trying to get out herself. Right. Like, remember, in in the beginning, yeah. she like refuses mm. to take anybody else with her in her car um, until she's like forced to take the orphans. Yeah. And then it's like as soon as she like becomes a mother with these children, then it's like. Then she's like, oh, I have to take care of these kids. And then she, then her hair is all messy and she's in sneakers and she's like, you know, shooting North Koreans. And, <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, once she gets to Busan, there's this like meetup with her husband and they eventually get back together and i was just like oh they you know the the moral basically is that like oh they were he was meant to come back to his wife basically and mm. have this family yeah. and like her value now the lesson she's learned is basically to be a mom and to like yeah. be this good wife and then the mistress conveniently dies she so. dies <laughs> she i know i was like what's gonna happen because it's it is kind of weird like what you were saying, Elgin, about like her, like him having a girlfriend that doesn't feel very churchy. And I was like, oh, like what's going to happen here? And then as soon as the girlfriend pops up later in the movie, I was like, she's about to die. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. And then she like dies a few minutes later because it's like that's the only way they can resolve mm. it. Right. Okay. And, and so like them coming back together is like, oh, they're this is what 
the right thing to happen, I, you know? I think you guys have just, just, uh, you just, you just caught me out. Yeah. Cause, cause my, my attention was dwindling by the end of the film. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, I dissociated so many times during this. I've never watched a movie with so many explosions that was so boring. I was like, oh, here's some more explosions. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I feel so- like thrown out for a little bit. I was just like thinking, I was wondering where they were shooting most of the explosions because I was like, that doesn't look like they were shooting them in a place that has good unions. That's what I think about. Yeah. I don't think those were shot in Hollywood. I feel like those were in probably in Korea and like. And And they were using like real um, army, like tanks and military equipment and boats and stuff. And like Mm -hmm. every time I just saw those scenes, I was like, cha-ching. Although apparently a bunch of the plane shots were just like cardboard planes. And if you watch the movie in theaters, like in like not the shitty YouTube version we watch, you can like see some of the strings holding the planes. Oh, no. (laughs) That's amazing. There's something about – the first like half of this film. So we, you know, we, you have, we have this whole like arc of Barbara and Frank and all the rest. Uh, and that, that's, that's kind of like a, a predominant point for like the first half of the film, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the first half is kind of like that. And then introducing MacArthur and then, but, but, in, but a big part of, of the, of the, the first half of the film is it's like they just go back. They every every two minutes they go back to another scene of like North Koreans massacring yes. South yes. Koreans. Basically, yeah. it's like it's like you'll it's be very like, jarring. It's very jarring. It's like Frank and Barbara are you know Frank and his girlfriend are talking, and then boom, people getting people getting murdered, and then it's like you know Barbara talking to the to the furniture guy, boom, people getting murdered. It's like it's back and forth. It's it's really it is really jar- jarring, kind of disturbing, and it felt to me it felt like it was like. Um, Moon Moon was almost like like make sure make them look really extra barbaric. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of what it what it felt like to to me. It was like in, a metronome. It was film. like yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's it was a very it was like consistent, beat, beat, repetitive. Beat. It would go back to it, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, over yeah. and over and over and over. And I guess we're supposed to get the point that like while all of this is happening, the North Koreans are like pushing further south, but yeah. there there doesn't seem to be any. Like we don't – when the battle scenes are happening, there's no like where is this and who yeah. are the people that is this happening? It's just no transition, no context. It's just like explosion, yeah. you know, machine guns and – It's know. like you can even like see the soldiers and see how they're like counting like one, two, three. Okay, now we jump in the air. <laughs> <laughs> there's explosions. It's so basic and amazing. Um, can we say like – like the thing that made me almost the most angriest is like Frank and Barbara and his relationship with the mistress. Cause it's like, I'm like, did she have to die because she's like, she was okay being a mistress and that's like her indemnity or something. Like, mm. yeah, probably. Also like Frank gives a speech to Barbara about, Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That was a big deal. I was like, that was a big deal. Fucking he's, a, he's a special you. kind of cat. He's a oh, Marine. Dude. I wanted to tell you, it's nobody's fault. We got married too fast. And it was fun at first. It was fun at Camp Pendleton. Yeah, but then more and more you wanted something to do. I know it's tough being a soldier's wife. 
At first it was uh, music and painting, and, uh, then it was New York, you wanted to publish books, and now it's interior decorating. When I got posted here, you took one look and... That is not fair. First it was this place, then it was Tokyo you were being sent to, then it was the Philippines, Pearl Harbor, while I sat here like Madame Butterfly. I'm a Marine. And that's a special kind of cat. But you made me feel awkward and clumsy in the world you lived in. Like a, like a, like an enlisted man in your private officer's club. I was bored. And I was lonely. Yeah, you gotta, you, you're with the Marine girl. You gotta, you gotta know. I'm a special, special type of guy. That's, special cat. That, that's I got bored. What do you want from me? <laughs> she was like, so he blames his infidelity on her because he says she wasn't content just traveling around and being where following she was. Following him around. Yeah. 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 He literally accuses her of not being happy following her, him around. And like, yes. she's and, like, he, and because he felt awkward in her world. And yeah, he's that, like, that, and that Philadelphia you, money. He, he wasn't, yeah, yeah. He wasn't <laughs> happy there. Yeah. <laughs> He's like you. Um, he names all these places that he's dragged her to, and he was like, "And here you decided you wanted to learn more about music, and here you took up painting, and here, yeah, here yeah you I'm took like up dance." And then this sounds like now, an awesome now, lady. What are you complaining yeah. about? Yeah. You know, he's like, and then you tried to write, and now you want to open an antique store. And he was just like so mad, and I was like why are you mad? Because she tried to have hobbies while you were dragging yeah. her all the way around the world. Yeah, what else like, is she what? supposed to do? Ugh. Yeah, and then he's like, Ranks so that's worst. why I had to get a girlfriend. <laughs> and she's like, I get it. And then they, like, make up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, oh, He's okay. basically I- like, tomorrow I have to, I'm going to go lead this, um, this, I'm, I'm going to do this special mi- mission and we're going to try and take Inchon and I might not come back and this might be my last night and... You know, that's that's what they always say, <laughs> Barbara. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my I, last night. Oh, my God. God. Uh, yeah, it's like that might work this time. But then, like, what about the next time they go to a fight? He's like, <laughs> like, I have to go across town and run an errand. I might not come back. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, so then, yeah, so then. The later half of the movie is like basically the the battle at Inchon, yes. and it goes back and forth between General MacArthur like in the room with the UN generals and yep. trying to like basically give them a pep talk because nobody believes in him and how this yeah. is going to work. He had to do a and lot of convincing by the. He had by to the do a lot of, of convincing, and then they're planning for it, and we're getting all of the details about how they need this lighthouse so that the boats can get into the Harbor and see where they're going. Um, and Frank is going to be with the team of Marines that goes in to like secure the lighthouse, which was, I don't understand. They had a very hard time securing this lighthouse and I'm like, why didn't you send more people? It, they had like mm, five yeah. people if getting this lighthouse. Important. Yeah. Yeah. And they so made it seem like what this I didn't, the, Yeah. What I didn't understand is like, okay, so they do get the lighthouse because there's like two guards at the lighthouse, yeah. right? Yeah. And then when it comes time to put it on, turn on the light in the lighthouse, then the guards who are in like a little hut, like 200 feet away, like there's like guards who are nearby who see the lighthouse and immediately start firing at them and the light. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, why didn't you take out that guardhouse too? Like, yeah. Because wouldn't you know, like, they were like a bunch of, they knew there were a bunch of soldiers right there and they're or not a bunch, but like right. enough to take, yeah. enough for them to take on and fight. And they're like, you, you're going to be sitting ducks as soon as you turn on the light and they see all of you up there. Like, I right. don't understand that. Oh, but then, of course, you had to have a battle where the girlfriend dies. Right. Um, that's, and the dad shows up and the, the yeah. dad this whole time has been like, I'm not going to fight. But the dad plays actually a very crucial role in telling them that the North Koreans had put down land uh, mines yeah. in the water. Yeah. And he and at first General MacArthur's like, "Oh, they haven't mined at all." And he's like, "No, they have. I've been watching them." So then they go in a tiny little boat and he goes and disarms all of the mines by yeah. himself. I was a little confused by that. <laughs> this bad. is also when my attention span was was dwindling. Um Yeah. There was I feel like for me there was like a shift once the once the but the second half of the movie is very different from the from the first half. Yeah. The second the second half like we yeah, we don't see much of Barbara, we like it's 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 less about the interpersonal and it's about like this the lighthouse mission the and then the ship yeah the battle and then the ships coming into the harbor and and yeah. you know liberating um it's, it's very it's very different and that's kind of where I lost interest but I did know there was like something happening with the boats in the in the dark yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting they they've got all the ships there and they're waiting for the signal for the lighthouse to go on mm. and. They've only got like 15 minutes or something. And they're like, if it doesn't happen within this time frame, we can't do it because then yeah. the tide's going to go out or something. Yeah. And so they're waiting and the light goes on originally and they're like, yay, we did it. But then it immediately goes out because those guards come in mm. and they like shoot the um, the light and they're trying to get it back on. And meanwhile, MacArthur's like, oh, no, we failed. Um, and I said, if I failed, I'm going to give my resignation. So he starts like dictating oh, yeah. his resignation, but it's like this very weird, slow thing. And his back is to the camera. And then maybe it wasn't him. If he I, well, wasn't yeah, feeling, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Oh, I was like, shit. why is his back yeah. to the camera the whole time? And then I realized I was like, oh, they probably had, this was probably a reshoot that they had to do. Oh. And <laughs> he mm. wasn't there or they just like put this in with a voiceover over top and yeah. yeah so and then he he finishes dictating this letter that he's gonna tell the president that their mission failed and that he's resigning and then right before he goes to send it the light comes back on and he's like never mm-hmm. minds and then we real and then he says something to the other guy like um, were you really going to resign and he was like oh I just did it really really slow to give God time to work they did it! It's working! <laughs> it's working! Battle stations! Send in the first and second destroyer divisions and prepare for fleet bombardment. General Amundsen, get a relief party ashore that island. That light must not take again. Uh, General Amund, have you that uh, message? Documentary evidence. So damnably conclusive. But you would have kept your promise. I did. With a little help. Of course, I took as long as I could dictating it. 
wanted to give God every chance to get that line So yes. he was like stalling the entire time because I yep. remember being like, this is so weird. Why is he saying it in such a weird way? And then I was like, oh, he was doing that on purpose. <laughs> oh, I I feel like I kind of guessed at that. Like, oh, it sounds like I feel like he's going really slow. I bet this is why. Um, but yeah, that lighthouse scene was pretty boring. It, it, it could have been something really interesting, and it, I feel like they just drained all the drama out. Yeah. It was... Also, I I read that there really were mines in Inchon, but they were so like clunky and chunky that like you could see them from an airplane. So like <laughs> a couple days before the um, before the invasion, like a, a American bomber just like took them out, um, mm. and so they didn't have to worry. And some of them were like so bad they could just like. Yeah, put a boat over it and it wouldn't work. So yeah, they were didn't it, it, they didn't need one brilliant Japanese actor in a little uh, raft. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for this for for this guy. Like to to go from acting in Akira Kurosawa films to doing to doing this. I feel sorry. Well, for I, feel like I feel sorry for <laughs> Sir Lawrence Olivier. Like, oh my god. I don't know if I feel. I feel like a little bit sorry for them, but I'm also like, it was a job and they, they at least got paid. They, they did get paid. paid. Yeah, they look, they got paid. paid. Like, there's a I lot of actors who do it for the paycheck. So, you know, yeah. I feel bad for the extras who were like, pro- had way worse conditions. Yeah. And um, yeah. I think one extra might have even died. That's the say, rumor. Somewhat, some of them definitely got injured. Definitely. By the, oh, look, yeah. by the looks of this film. It does not yeah. look safe. There's a rumor that at least one extra died and it might still like their death might actually be on camera. Like it might be in the film. Oh, Jesus. Somewhere. Yeah. One of the explosions. I have to say, um, there's this random conversation in the movie about Douglas MacArthur's dad. Did you guys Oh, yeah. With that? the journalist. No. Oh, this is another side plot oh, yeah. where there's just journalists, war journalists yes. who are following along. Which yes. They don't need to be in the movie at all. Like they serve yeah, zero perfect. No, they except for some exposition. There's exposition. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's, especially in the in the beginning. There's like in the beginning part. Yes, and then I think probably yeah, exactly. because the the so this actor that died and they couldn't reshoot his scenes. He was a journalist. Oh, no. Yeah, and so he when they cut his character out, probably it would have meshed better. I, who okay. knows? I don't know. But but that would have been a three hour movie. <laughs> so i i have notes here so so six, yeah. si, from 1630 ish to 1915 38th parallel talk this these, these are the um these are the um reporters giving this like uh exposition 38th parallel right. plus japan bashing uh like there's there, there's there's i feel yeah. like they, they serve a purpose for of like talking shit about japan basically mm. which is a big thing in the church like anti-japanese send it sentiments blah 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 um uh and ending with uh god help korea and god save us all um that's what that ends with ends with at, at ni- oh, 1915 right. and then yeah. uh the, the notes i have are 1915 to 20.42 42 uh in all caps macarthur's unhinged entrance um, <laughs> it's, because it he, he, like he, it was. I don't even know how to describe it. I kind of want to play it. 
God help Korea and God help us all. Lieutenant Haig, sir. Morning, General. Time. The cable line's been burning up this morning, sir. First things first. Two messages from the president and... The real news. Of course. Sorry, sir. Army 5, Penn State 3. Good. At least the scandal didn't affect the baseball team. Proceed. Looks like the communists will be sold in the next 24 hours. Report says the ROKs don't have the equipment and their troops are too green. And all this time, our veteran troops are back here. Veteran troops Damn. grown soft with the occupation. I warned Washington. I knew it. I knew it. What do you expect from politicians? Apparently, the shoot where... Um, so, so... It kind of does like the like the lighthouse, and then the and then the landing, and then it kind of skips over the whole bat like the rest of the Korean battles, and yeah. and you kind of get like you kind of just skip to the end of the war. Like, yeah, right well, that, that was lighthouse. a really weird thing that I was I wanted to mention that. So you get this like um, there's, there's all this build up to the the lighthouses, uh, like uh, yeah, the the lighthouse, uh finally allowing them to enter the harbor um then you get this like this this all, all these these foot this like aerial footage of this like fleet of boats going through the water um and then so I, a question there is like they it was dark when they like achieved this great victory <laughs> this is a great lighthouse victory right um yeah and then all of a sudden, it's like the next shot. They're like they're they're like in this open water in broad daylight, like just plowing through the water. Yeah, it, it, like it was a little incongruous. Like what actually so happened? I looked. There? I I I watched uh, a YouTube documentary on like the actual invasion of yeah. Inchon, and um, they actually when they actually came up onto the shore, it was about like. 5 30 a.m in the morning so i think okay. what they were trying to do was to say like oh we're getting the boats into position in the channel at night and then like unloading and then doing the shore invasion where all the troops are swarming in like they're like they're trying to get into position when it's dark or something okay and that so so that the north koreans don't see them and then they're gonna storm it in the morning um, okay I think uh, sort that's sort of what happened, but yeah, it is it, the time it thing was, is all weird. And, and the whole thing was like they're meant to be yeah landing landing in this like one hour at night basically. Yeah. So they they're it's, it's at night that they, they do the lighthouse thing. Then they have all this like this like soaring music, and then they show this fleet going through the water, and then the landing itself actually happens in broad daylight. Daylight. Um, so yeah. I was just kind of like, what the? It doesn't. It doesn't really make sense. It, right. Uh, yeah. It, it, in the context yeah. of how they're portraying it in the movie, it doesn't. Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't. And make then sense. when when I thought too, like it makes it look like, oh, now they've won the Korean War, but actually, it this was like the very beginning mm. of of it, and and when MacArthur's talking at the end, it's basically him like they've taken um soul back um from the north koreans and he's like handing um you know he's like giving it back to the south koreans yes. he's like you know we did it and now it's you know your country's back and um but this is before they tried to like keep going and and push further um and get and getting into it with china and stuff too 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So a, a couple of things. I, I'm just looking at my notes here. So in that, that's that. Okay, I'm glad you were also confused by the timeline there because <laughs> I thought I had missed something, but it did, didn't really make sense. And then there, there are all these aerial shots of the of the like the the convoy of boats going through, and then the, and then there's this sort of like landing scene it actually it actually looked like quite it was kind of like i don't know, like saving private ryan style like yeah all these people it's like, like a normandy storming, type of, normandy yeah. storming the beaches it looked it looked quite expensive quite expensive um but what i what i have written here it's like it it's like if they filmed dunkirk on vhs um like that's 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 what this, that's what this feels like here it's just like yeah. like it's just like it's like all of the people and all of the boats and all of the all of the tanks like all the everything is there but just filmed in like really poor quality um yeah and then um it only lasts for the actual landing lasts for like five minutes or something like that. It's like, it's like real, maybe 10. It's like very, very anticlimactic, quite honestly, this whole buildup, this right. whole inch on thing, they finally get there. And then like, it's like very short and like uh, just unsatisfying. Um, at, right. Yeah. yeah. That taking over the lighthouse was more exciting than Correct. the actual yes. battle that wins because yes. we yeah, have yeah. like stakes with the characters that are in it. Yeah. When exactly. they're, when they're storming the beach, it's just like random people and explosions and we can't yeah. really tell what's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very unsatisfying. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. And then, yeah. And then it just cuts to like Douglas MacArthur driving through Seoul with all these Koreans, like throwing flowers at him and waving. Which that was a reshoot. Yeah, apparently that cost $3 million. Because they didn't have enough, uh, they felt like there wasn't enough of a crowd. They didn't have enough extras. (laughs) Reverend Moon, after it was all shot, said there weren't enough extras. Yes. Wow. Moon said there weren't enough extras. He wants to make it this huge, huge thing. So they had to reshoot the scene like three times. And then finally they ended up doing part of it in front of like a green screen. So they could just like put like... Yeah, have extra people on that mm. to make it look bigger. Um, yeah. Also, I saw a reference to the movie having subliminal messages. Oh, and I really? wasn't I didn't sure see that. if. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't notice any, but of course I wouldn't. Would I? Um, <laughs> no, that, that's the point of subliminal messages. <laughs> um, I have to say, like, so I. Um, couldn't really understand what they were saying in the movie just because the sound quality was so bad. Mm, um, it was really bad. And, and I don't so know I if that's this, just because it was on VHS and like maybe yeah. it was better when it was originally recorded, but it was pretty poor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I keep blaming things on the fact that it was VHS, but I'm also like maybe it also saved us a little bit sometimes. Like, I don't know. You're like, oh, th- Maybe this is a mistake because it's on VHS, but maybe mm. it's, maybe if we watched it in film, it would have still been a yeah. terrible sound. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, so I had closed captioning on, which I think was just AI generated, mm. and it was like hilariously <laughs> off <laughs> usually. And so I don't think anyone should watch this movie, but like if anyone listening to this decides to watch the movie i would definitely recommend putting on closed captioning okay, I a have lot done of times uh, yeah, it read it said 
when there was an explosion, <laughs> I thought it was applause. So I'd write like applause. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Applause, applause. <laughs> Just like, this is the best. <laughs> oh, so many trucks being blown up. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention that um, Ronald Reagan apparently viewed this film, what and gosh. he in in 1982, and he said uh, he wrote in his diary, "Ran Inchon, it is a brutal but gripping picture about the Korean War, and for once, we're the good guys, and the communists are the villains." The producer was Japanese or Korean, which probably explains the preceding sentence. <laughs> Okay, I thought that was, like, super disingenuous because I was like, wasn't Reagan, like, he was all mixed up with the Iran-Contra business. He would, I was like, he, he knew, knew who, who the Moon was. was. He knew who he Moon was. Writing. He was trying to cover his ass. Japanese or maybe yes. Korean. He's I don't like, know. He's like, it's going to be better for me to pretend I'm, like, racistly yeah. not knowing what's happening here than, yeah. than having an association with Moon. That's, that, that, that's him covering his tracks. Yeah. Also, he's like he was in Hollywood, too. So yeah, he was an actor. Yeah. yeah, he would know the ins and outs of what's going down and who these people anyway. <laughs> yeah, he, he would. definitely. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Um, well, that kind of goes to a question I have, which is that I would I feel like I would really like to read a book or a long article or something or more about how. Um, Hollywood in general and movies are like entwined with propaganda for mm. like especially the American military like yeah. the, I know the American military did end up pulling out of this movie um, but they do often give they're well known in Hollywood for like lending all their support to mm. um, movies and then they exchange that for like sign offs like okay, you make this movie about World War II, we're going to give you everything you need, we're going to give it to you for free, but then you we have we get to approve the final cut. Mm. And then that's when, like, all these movies end up having, like, a very pro-American um, yeah. uh, bent to them. Um, just, like, how they, like, you know, the I live 20 miles away from the Dodgers stadium, uh, the L.A. Dodgers, or more, maybe, um, but I always, we have lots of times we have like airplanes flying over us. So it's like the Blue Angels or something. And they're doing flyovers at the baseball game or the football mm -hmm. game nearby. And it's like, it just feels like really insidious how these like fun activities get like um, used as propaganda for our military. And I feel like it's not talked about enough or maybe i'm mm. just looking in the wrong place to like learn more about like how this happened yeah. i know at least yeah. for the dodgers stuff and like for sports it's like more of a recent phenomenon like since after 9 11 but mm. as a fan of like shitty action movies i would just like to know more oh yeah there about it is. i was just as soon as you said that i'm like okay let's talk about the rock uh, let's yeah. talk about – I've just been watching all the Transformers movies with my son. Let's talk about like how much military money is in is in those films. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, the, like, Mission yeah. the new to Top Gun. Yeah, mm -hmm. I haven't seen it, but but just uh, – yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just such a military bent to like all of the top action movies and um, 
yeah, I find it really insidious mm. and I would like to like explore more about that. Um, or I try, I would like to like understand more about that. Yeah. Well, um, similar to that of like using movies for like propaganda and stuff, Moon himself in a speech in 1983 um, mentions Inchon and like why they made the movie. And and here's where he says that he spent $60 million. So I don't know if he's just like inflating it himself to make it sound more or if <laughs> he's admitting something here. But he says, um, you know, there are many millionaires in this country, but I have never asked them to help in this cause. Instead, I have given help to America in the midst of persecution and lack of cooperation. It took $60 million to make the Inchon movie. Did we do that because we had nothing better to do? Did we do it for our own sake? Certainly not. Whether Americans accept this movie or not is up to them. But the fact remains that it was produced with the utmost pain. That's true <laughs> money and sleepless nights were spent for the sake of america these are facts which nobody can change the reason we produced this movie was to make american people aware that they need strength like macarthur's in order to revive their country today without such a revival america will stop where she is God. classic <laughs> this is the shit we heard this shit all the time but okay this brings this is an important question um um did when you guys were growing up, did you have any conception that this movie existed? Like, did your parents talk? Did you have a VHS? Did your parents no, ever I, talk about it? Was it was no. it ever talked about? Yeah, me, me neither. No. I, I had no, no, it was never ever mentioned at all, which is which is shocking to me to to think because like like all of the shit that the church does to to self promote, um, and no one ever mentioned it. So they but they must have known yeah. it was it was a turkey it was basically. A failure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's shocking to me that it never even like it never existed in my in my world, basically, as a kid. There's some like documentary or something on Oliver North that we have like a dozen copies of. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, like I, yeah. I, I had that. Yeah. 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 But I didn't have this. Yeah. I never, yeah, even I, I never knew about this movie at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's yeah, it's wild to think. uh of all the money that they spent on this, you know, and then you think about where that money actually came from. I know that's to me, that's the horrible thing is like, this is like this, this movie was made with, with money that was like stolen from our parents basically, or coerced and manipulated out of our parents and the parents of many others effectively. Mm -hmm. That's that's where it came from. Yeah. Well, it's not great. Yeah, I, I will. I do have to say though that I enjoyed this movie more than the new Jane Austen Persuasion movie or the, <laughs> or the Mormon Pride and Prejudice. I was like, it's it knows or like I don't know, like it's bad. It knows it's bad. They're just we're just making yeah. do with what we have. Yeah, I definitely will say it was. I was expecting it to be just like really really bad which it is but like i somehow i was expecting worse like there are yeah, parts but, that i was like okay this is entertaining <laughs> yeah i it actually it it shocked me to actually be like this this bridge scene is actually pretty good like that like, was it yeah was, that it was, was harrowing it was like, it was like a decent, <laughs> yeah like like it just in terms of like okay someone set out to make a harrowing scene and and they succeeded you know they, yeah it was like 
it, it was it was functional you know it was it was it was a decent decent piece of filmmaking basically um in a way that I, I wasn't expecting any part of the film to have any sort of like feel like a success basically but that what that right. did feel like a success I feel like if they had just stuck with like the interpersonal story with like Frank and Barbara and like what was going on with them and the Korean War was like a backdrop yes. setting, it could have been like just one of these, you know, old timey movies that you see on TMC every once in a while. And it would have been like, ah, oh, this is fine. Yeah, like, yeah, And all of its flaws would have just been chalked up to like that. It's kind of dated. Yeah, I um, agree. But the whole, like, uh, we're saving the world and this grand, you know, meaning behind yeah. this Inchon thing, that it just, uh, it was very Jesus, clunky. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can, and I, I want to touch on how this film ends, basically. So we've, we've kind of, we sort of talked about the, the arc, the arc, like, more or less. Um, but then, like, so yeah, you have this, like, anticlimactic battle. Um mm-hmm. Uh, then you have like MacArthur going through this, going through the streets of streets of Seoul, uh, be, you know, being welcomed, uh, etc. Then you have him, um, I am like giving a speech at the UN, basically, or like the UN, like giving him an award, effectively. Or, or no, no, no. So, so he gives a speech, and then and then he gets an award from the UN, basically. That he's like, he's like, Korea, I saved you. Yeah. Uh, you're you're welcome. Um, and now, you know, you can continue on doing, doing your thing. That's kind of what he says. And then the UN is like, thank you. Thank you, General McCarthy. You've been so great. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, um, then Olivier, um, ends it with a monologue of, of the Lord's prayer, um, Which was weird, but again, like again, like like really, really doubling down on this theme of like this is like 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 this is God's will, basically. Um, right. Uh, this whole thing was God's will, um, and like that's 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 the final the final thing that Olivier says, and then I, they show what I think is the footage of the real MacArthur, actual MacArthur the yeah. actual MacArthur speaking on the floor of the Senate in the U.S. Or the Congress, I can never, I can never keep them. But you know, you know, in, in the U.S., <laughs> one of those places, yeah. uh, and it's like it's like footage of the black and white footage of the real MacArthur, basically. Um, yeah. And then, and it was him retiring. Was it's it him retiring? With yeah, it's, okay. he's retiring because he has that old line, or he has that line about like old soldiers don't retire; they just oh, they fade, fade away. away. They fade away. Something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that was in Congress because it looked like the Speaker of the House is behind him or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a then there's a Korean flag, um, yeah. and then there's like a U it's like a group of flags, like a sort of UN UN group of flags, um, and that's 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 it. That's that's yeah. That's there's how a it line ends. about like they yeah. list all the countries that supported Korea during World War II. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm not World War II during the Korean War. Yeah. And they roll credits, but they didn't have a cast list. Did you notice that, or did mm. I just miss it? Because wow. usually the first thing that comes up on the credits is the cast. Yeah. No, you're right. For the, though, but this this is no. 
They it did, was like the, the first thing was the countries first, the countries, and then yeah. they did like the producers, and then they kept going down, and they're like at camera grips. I'm like, when are they going to do the gas? <laughs> what about Lawrence Olivier? <laughs> Lawrence Olivier, filling in the very beginning. Of, they had credits in the That's very true. beginning. Yeah. Some of those guys, but, but, but yeah, the extras and people. The extra, get, none of the extras or like side characters got any billing yeah. in this yeah. film. <laughs> Maybe that was good for their careers. Probably. Maybe they asked. Maybe they <laughs> Maybe said, they "Look, please don't. Just please, no." Um, yeah. But that feels like like a bit of Moon's fingerprint on it as well. Like I mm, want to thank maybe. the nations that oh, helped yeah. Korea. Oh, That's totally. a very Moon thing to do. So it wouldn't surprise me if that if that was done upon. Oh, yeah, this definitely felt so heavy handed. Like um, communism, bad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Americans and Koreans, like South, uh, South Koreans, great. Yes. And it's like, okay. I mean, we've seen, like, we were just talking about, we've seen that in like so many other movies. Um, it's yeah. not just our church movie, but it felt like particularly heavy handed. Yes. And, uh, especially at a time where like, sorry, the, the, like the Korean president that took over president Ri, he like, was involved in like several bloody massacres of his own people yeah. who were like suspected of being um, communists and stuff. Like it wasn't like the South was like um, had its shit together and they loved democracy and there was no corruption. Right. Mm. <laughs> like definitely a and, messy situation. Yeah. Right? And there's actually, there's, um, so there's a there's a point in the film where a, a South Korean guy is like forced to kill these other oh, South yeah. Korean guys, uh, and then like he's forced at gunpoint to kill these other South Korean guys who don't want to defect and become yeah. North Korean. Yeah, they're uh, like captured, basically. Yeah, they're captured, and they they try to make them fight for the North Koreans, and they're like, we don't want to do it. And then and then this this South Korean guy uh, is like is like let's give let's give him a chance let's let's try and talk this out and then the North Koreans are like are like you, now it's your turn to shoot them basically and they put a gun yeah, to, to his prove head that you're with us to prove that you're with us and then they make it they force him to shoot to shoot those guys and then late, later on um, that guy that the South Korean gets like li- liberated effectively like um, and he gets he sees the North Korean who forced him to shoot the other guys lying on the ground and he fucking shoots him um like yeah i missed that's that like, part yeah I was that, like, like, that, I'm pretty, sure that part. pretty sure that's a fucking war crime right there like like just yeah looks at him and and it's very clear it's like this evil communist fucking kill him um yeah that's that's like that's the subtext to what's what's happening here is like communist evil kill him that, that's it right yeah and they do make this the scenes of the north koreans like really extra brutal like they come yeah. in and they're just like indiscriminately shooting at like civilians women and yep. children they have yep. like those really stark scenes of just like the bodies lying yeah on, on the ground and it's oh and then like a, a little kid crying over the dead bodies of her yeah. family it's like yeah. okay it's really yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really they go really hard on that on that point. I feel like maybe it would have hit harder if it were like a little bit more subtle, but instead it felt like it felt like a ten year old wrote it or something. Yeah. It was right. Like, or if you got guns to- and more guns. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, okay. And everyone dies. 
That's probably rude to 10 year olds. I feel like we could have all done a better script. Yeah, at 10 I think so. I think so. <laughs> And, you know, just that paragraph that I read with uh, Moon talking about, like, why he made this movie and this it's for America. It just it's this whole, you know, I'm sure he intended this movie to do well. Like, no, he didn't want to make a, a turkey. He didn't want to yeah. make a flop. But then once it turned out that it was, he's like, oh, it wasn't about the money. It's this whole spiritual <laughs> bypassing thing. Like, I did this as an indemnity for America to save America. Like, OK. okay. <laughs> I did find a review that um, was a nine out of ten and oh. almost certainly written by a Mooney. <laughs> Because the the uh, the title says better than Peck, lost in quotations in Mooney angst, a solid epic with a quirky, brilliant star performance hid from view, view by Mooney angst and obliterated in the popular imagination oh, by contemporaneous politically correct Hollywood production. Free Inchon exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I don't Mooney know. I feel like iconic. <laughs> Dude, but Moonies don't usually call themselves Moonies. I feel like I don't know, guys. No, 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 no. But when they're texting, unless they're trying to seem like they're not a Moonie, they're, they're trying to say that they're not a Moonie, and they're talking about like anti Moonie angst sentiment, yeah, anti Moonie oh. sentiment. They they're comfortable using what they view as a derogatory term in that sense because they they think it's showing that the other people are thinking of them derogatorily. So. Um, I, one thing just on that, the review thing. So, um, uh, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, this, this film has a 0%, um, (laughs) which I I don't think I've ever seen before. It literally a 0% from, um, uh, yeah, 0% from critics, uh, a 7% audience score. Um, and I wanted to see if I could find a single five-star review of this. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, and I was unable to do so. Um, yeah, because that would have given it like a one percent or something, right? Uh, <laughs> it, it's just it's quite extraordinary. Um, the takedowns are kind of wonderful. I love a good yeah. bad review. Oh yeah, um, um, it's just so poetic. Yeah, the, it, yeah, it's no, a fun I'm, time reading the the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. Yeah, um, that's I where would, I found I, the one about the first date and the Rolls Royce. <laughs> I feel like I would give this a solid two, maybe even three out of ten. Like it's it's not the worst movie in the world. And if you're like, if you want to laugh at a really terrible movie, I feel like this is a great candidate. It's, it's decent. If that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't give it a, out of 10. It's not a one. It's not a one. I would yeah, say yeah, yeah. two, it's two, three. It's definitely not a yeah. four or five. No, but, uh, no, no. I, I'd say two. I would say two. Listen, yeah. if anything, it made me brush up on some Korean War history. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, thanks for having us on, Elgin. I really um, had a good time. No worries. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. Um, And people should check out uh, Jane Austen Culture Night and they should read read some Jane Austen books. Yeah. uh, So they know what they're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just try it. Um, Yeah. I mean, we kind of go. 
We kind of go through the whole, we do go through the whole book. Honestly, so yeah. Like I mean, we read it chapter by chapter. So if you don't okay. want to actually read the books, you can just listen to our podcast right. and you'll basically know what happens. Yeah, okay. <laughs> can you just, can you give us 30 seconds on your, give us, pitch us, pitch us your show? Cause I didn't, I don't think I did a good job. Um, so no, how, would you, how, would, job. how would you describe it? How would you describe it? Or wait, did you already do that? No. I did okay. a little bit. Okay. okay. Akina, do you want to describe it? No, I'm just, I feel like you guys did a great job. And I, I, uh, we, I thought you were going to ask us for a 30 second description of Pride and Prejudice. That's why. Oh, yes, so, yes, yes, Mr. yes. Darcy. Okay. Yeah, then, yeah. Let's do it. Let's no, do no, it. No. Okay. So it's, um, <laughs> you know what you would love, Elgin? It's like a lot of her, um, a lot of her protagonists are like women who are in various precarious, very precarious financial uh, situations. Okay. So. They like don't have a lot of money and they're not sure what's going to happen with their lives or like how they're going to survive really. And I feel like that feels like a very moony experience. Mm, and it's like, yeah. so they like kind of penniless girls and one of them is supposed to marry a cousin of hers who's like an awful person, but at least she'll have some money. Um, but then she uh, turns him down and, um, and, follows her dreams and ends up uh marrying a really wealthy guy who's kind of a jerk but turns out to be great all along um anyway it maybe i didn't explain that very well but (laughs) that's more that's it's just it feels it feels like it it hits very close to like yeah that's interesting yeah a lot of the things that we talk about are sort of the the social constraints that these people are under in this society and how it feels very familiar even though Mm. we're like hundreds of years later and uh yeah we know what it feels like to have this pressure of marriage and what that means and all of the social mores and the um even like the purity stuff you know yeah oh yeah Um, i bet that's the thing yeah yeah there's a there's a lot and and a lot of the uh uh parents and stuff there's a lot of like first gen energy yes (laughs) oh my god yes well exactly also so we go through the um we go through pride and prejudice we did that one first and we do like we will read a chapter or two and then we'll like recap in our podcast what happened in that week's chapter and then we'll talk about our feelings about it Mm. and so that's why laura was saying that like you don't if you're like still hesitant about actually reading Pride and Prejudice, you can listen to our podcast. Yeah, well, this thing, I feel like I like, kind of like I, you'll I, hear all the plot points. I I feel like I know it without really reading it. Yeah, in, in yeah. a sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is which is great and interesting, and and actually like, it, like makes me it makes me interested in it in a way that I wasn't before. Um, yeah, read it and come on our podcast. Yeah, well, and actually, I guess in a sense, like you guys are kind of doing, like you're basically doing what what I think is something that I want to do on my show, which is like talk about artwork that's meaningful to us as mm. people who have yeah. this specific, uh, you know, experience set. Um, yeah, and today's work of art was Inchon, but there will be others that are more impactful for discussion yeah, in the I've, I've absolutely like I started doing this podcast with Akina before I started therapy and so it was absolutely a part of my like process of like mm. deconstructing and like working through things and being yeah. like oh okay yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like in the beginning of our podcast I was like 
like I'd be not like really worried about bringing things up, but I would see like, oh, if I, if I'm very negative, like how will the world feel about that? And like over time, I'm like, I don't worry about that at all. No, the thing is, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, Laura. And and I guess this is ultimately this is kind of this is this is sort of the point the point that I that like I guess that I've been getting to in my head, and that I think is really interesting for people to understand is that like when you think of growing up in a cult and leaving a cult um and you think of like the resources that can that can that can help you usually yeah. it's like you should understand this psychology you should understand how a course of control works you should understand this like there are all these like non-fiction resources that people can yeah. recommend to you but what's what's not spoken about are the works of fiction that speak to you and and how and mm. and, and how they impact you and how you think about the world and the characters that you can relate to. Um, to me, that's a really fascinating world. Uh, and I have loads of thoughts on on all of that because there have been some amazing books and films that I've read that I really resonated with. And I just think that's yeah. a really fascinating topic of conversation. Same. And that's basically what you guys are doing on your show. We'll have to do a we'll do a follow up episode to that. I yeah. feel like that could be that'll be its own episode. Together. Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> OK, I did have one more thing to say, which is that General Douglas, Douglas MacArthur's dad was Arthur MacArthur, which is amazing. <laughs> um, they're also like the only duo, like father-son duo to each win the Medal of Honor. But I was like, Arthur MacArthur sounds familiar and not just because it's Arthur MacArthur. <laughs> but I did a quick Google and my, because I have a great, 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 great grandfather who won a Medal of Honor um, during civil the Civil War. And he won it at the same battle as where... Arthur MacArthur won his Medal what? of Honor. Yeah, just like some little family history. And it was both because it was like a bunch of Union soldiers trying to take a hill and the the civil the South so the southern soldiers were like on the top of the hill and they just like tried to race up the hill and like they're all shot. Like everyone mm. was shot. And so all the generals like died and it was like kinda like the medium level like soldiers like my great great grandfather that like all of a sudden had had to take over because oh. all the leaders were killed also apparently they put all the flag bearers at the very front and so like this it sounds like a really terrible battle where like the um the confederates like saw them coming a mile away with their big mm. old flags and just yeah. like shot them all up but somehow they survived um or at least my great great grandfather did but yeah anyway I was like, oh, that's where I remember it because I remember reading about family history. Arthur, wow. Arthur MacArthur. Arthur MacArthur. <laughs> and they, they mention this battle in the movie. They're like, oh, yeah, and he was famous from the Civil War and the battle. But they call it the Battle of Cemetery Ridge, which oh, yeah. I don't know why they called it, because it's the Battle of Missionary Ridge, which you would think that name would be, like, more churchy sounding. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. But I was like, how did all of a sudden, like, it was like just this weird Venn diagram where I was like, my own family history is like kind of wrapped up in this movie somehow. And I don't, I don't understand. Technically all of our family histories are yes, wrapped up in exactly. this movie. <laughs> all of our families have contributed to this, to this movie. Yeah. That old soldier never die. They just fade away. And like the old soldier of that ballad, I now close my military career and just fade away.
An old soldier who tried to do his duty as God gave him the light to see that duty. Goodbye. just having fun and watching some stupid crap and this is like the most stupid crap of stupid crap 